The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I am a physician trained in Britain, now living in Canada. And since I retired from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our topic today is physician home visits for seniors and the family caregiver. Here's the background to it. As people age, they so often develop more than one health condition, which means more and more medications, more things that can go wrong, and more worries for their family caregivers. But treatment in hospital, which is often what people think about first, isn't always the best way for elderly persons, which is why there is more and more interest in home visits arranged in what's called collaborative care. Collaborative care means better and more appropriate care for elderly people. Collaborative care means home visiting by physicians in ways that combine old-fashioned medical practice with modern technology and collaborative care does and should mean collaboration with the family caregiver. So collaboration with the family caregiver is the basic topic for today for our two guests, Dr. John Sloan and Norlin Smiley. I'm going to introduce Dr. Sloan first of all. He's a senior academic physician in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of British Columbia. Apart from his MD, he holds a degree in English and philosophy and a graduate degree in biology. He spent most of his 30 years practice caring for the frail elderly in Vancouver. He's the author of the book, A Bitter Pill, How the Medical System is Failing the Elderly. He's lectured throughout North America and in Europe. He's sought after as an inspirational speaker on geriatrics. And his innovative primary care practice for the frail elderly in Vancouver was designed to keep his patients out of hospital. He visits the elderly at home and collaborates with home care nurses, mental health teams, and others in the community. And the practice he founded has now been adopted by the Vancouver Hospital Geriatric Unit and is expanding. Norlin Smiley is a senior who is a family caregiver for her mother. Norlin was born in Santa Ana, California. She lived for two years in Maryland, Inglewood for nine years, Long Beach for one year, and moved to Vancouver in 1973. In 1958, she graduated with honors from the University of California at Berkeley. Her subject was sociology. In 1993, she earned the master's in education from the University of British Columbia. Her subject there was special education. She's taught preschool, elementary school, and completed 25 years 
working with children who have learning disabilities. And their experience includes studying at the Cuernavaca <coughs> Language School in Cuernavaca, Mexico, and working with the church her husband was pastoring through the issues of the 60s, racism, justice for farm workers, civil rights, women's issues, and the Vietnam War. Her father died in 1994, and her mother, mother moved to Canada in 2001. So welcome to the show, Dr. John Anuralin. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm going to start with Dr. John first. How and why did you get started with home visits? And in answering that, could you just also mention whether you have personal experience as a family caregiver? Yeah, I, I was a, you know, city young family doctor at a time much different from the way things are now where there there were too many family doctors about 30 years ago and <clears throat> wasn't busy and somebody suggested I see old people in a nursing home and I thought well no I'm not interested in that but I went and did it anyway and that got me going on the the problems of frailty you know falling in incontinence and confusion and things they weren't teaching in medical school at the time and Gradually, as that evolved, it became clear to me that I was seeing more and more people at home and fewer and fewer in the office, and so I just let the office go about 15 years ago and <clears throat> started to see frail old people at home exclusively. You know, it, it's interesting, I, I, don't, I, I didn't get into that for any particular personal reason, but as I think about it, my mom passed away in about 1970 of bowel cancer at the age of 50, and her care was dreadful. You know, there was no palliative care. There was no care at home. She was looked after by a general internist who lost interest once the diagnosis was clear. And uh, looking back, I guess I, I and, and my brother and I were her caregivers. And, of course, we were inept. We were, you know, in our early 20s. And looking back, I think, gosh, I, I'm glad we're doing a better job of this now. Isn't that great? Marilyn. Please tell us more about your work with children with learning difficulties, and in particular, I wonder if this work prepared you in any way for family caregiving, and if it did, how did it do that? <laughs> well, in some ways it did, and in some ways it didn't. Um, teaching children with learning disabilities um, probably helped me in two specific ways. Uh, I took a lot of courses and this enabled me to understand something of the brain function and what might be expected of increasing dysfunction. And for the latter part of my teaching years, I worked in a center which served 12 learning disabled students per term. As a way of trying to help the students cope with their learning style, we included a considerable amount of study about the brain and how it works. And as a result of continued exposure to these ideas, I internalized much of the content and it sort of stayed with me. And, of course, there, there are major differences between working with students and caring for my mother. Students improve, she declines. Um, additionally, the emotional component of caring for one's mother is quite different from the student-teacher role. Yeah. In many ways, learning to care for my mother, I've had to become the learner <laughs> rather than the teacher. Uh, one other way that, that working with these students helped me to... Uh, interact with other professionals was that I spent a lot of time working with 
both health professionals and educational professionals through my work. And so I learned not to be intimidated by these folks. So I think that probably has been a great help in uh, working with all of the people who surround my mother in her health care. Very interesting. Nora Lynn is not intimidated, let me say. <laughs> Good. Now, two quick questions for, for both of you. Um, Dr. John, your website, which is great, sunshiners.ca, calls your patients sunshiners. What, tell us about a typical sunshiner, and please tell us where they live. Yeah, my my daughter's in marketing, and she said, Dad, you have to brand these people, and so we came up with Sunshiners. It just means that I think that fragile old people should be in the sunshine to the extent possible and not in a, not in a, in a hospital. Um, a Sunshiner is somebody who requires assistance every day with basic activities of daily living, and it's roughly the same crowd that you would, you would think of if you think of people who are homebound, who can't easily get out of their, their you know, the place where they live to see a, oh, a hairdresser or a, you know, a physician or anybody else. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, who do they tend to be? Well, they're, you know, they're predominantly female. They're in their 80s and 90s. Um, they have, as you said earlier, multiple medical problems usually. They are usually on a lot of medication. They present problems for their caregivers. Uh, they require assistance with things like dressing and eating and walking and using a toilet and so forth. Um, and they are more and more different from one another as that process of getting frailer advances. And so the, one of the big kind of exciting things about them as a group is they're not a group, they're individuals. There is no typical, or not typical is typical, or however you want to put that. And so each time you, uh, anyone opens the door and sees one of these people, you know, you're, you're dealing with, with something you've never seen before. Sure. Now I'm going to interrupt you because we will be going back to this crucial question, but I want to ask Norlin, first of all, is your mother the sunshiner in your life? Yes, she is. Uh, yeah. I am her only child. And she currently lives in a facility which is dedicated to caring for seniors with memory impairments. And my three adult children and their spouses and my eight grandchildren and my husband and my ex-husband are all sources of support for mom. Uh, there aren't any other relatives or friends of hers in the area. They were all left behind when she moved to Vancouver to be closer to us. So I bear the primary responsibility for mom's care in consultation with the staff and Dr. Sloan. And this means uh, ensuring that she has all the necessary personal items, toiletries, clothing, incontinence, supplies, Mm -hmm. that her accounts are balanced, her bills are paid, her health needs are met, and that she has the best quality of life that can be provided under the circumstances. And yes, I find this to be a heavy responsibility, but I have with me the image of her lifelong example of looking after those in need. My father died at home of Alzheimer's in 1994, and Mom looked after him by herself during those three or four years of his decline, and she called in hospice only in the last few weeks. So for me, in relation to her, it's payback time. Yeah. 
that's something that I hear a lot. That is that sense of responsibility that we all have. And it's something that we, we may also want to look at because at times it can get to the point where people are really drive themselves so hard that their family caregivers, that is, so that their own health starts to suffer. And that really isn't good for anybody. But that's another story. Now, this it is now time for us to take a short break. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Adley. My guests are Dr. John Sloan and Marilyn Smiley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Uh, please stay with us. We will be back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Ever wondered what private investigators really do and how they go about solving cases? Each week, P.I.'s Declassified gives a glimpse into this little-known world. Join your host, Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator, in conversations with detectives and experts in the field. False confessions, forensic evidence, finding missing persons, exposing fraud, exonerating the innocent. All areas that Francie and her guests will cover, and have they got stories to tell. Tune in and call in to the live show Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Did you know that 60% of America's workforce is said to be unhappy and dissatisfied with their jobs? Learn how to change your course altogether or improve the one you're on by listening to Career Solutions, Next Chapter, New Life, with your host, life and career coach Dorothy Tannehill Moran. Our program will focus on three areas designed to improve where you are now, executive and career growth, career change, and job search strategy. Tune in to Career Solutions, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Dr. John Sloan and Norlin Smiley. Our topic is Physician Home Visits the seniors, and the family caregiver. I want to talk now with our two guests about the work of family caregivers caring for sunshiners and where and how the home visiting physician fits into this work. And starting with Norlin, please, what were the circumstances that first brought brought Dr. John into your sunshiner caregiving? (laughs) Uh, Well, my mother has lived in the current facility for just over four years. When she first moved there, she'd recently broken her hip, and the previous facility staff made it clear that they could no longer meet her care needs. So up to that time, and some months after her move, Mom continued to be under the care of my family doctor. And while the quality of the doctor's care wasn't an issue, it became increasingly difficult to transport my mother to the office as she had limited mobility, and... um, It just didn't seem to be working very well. My doctor often wasn't there when I needed her, and 
the Sunrise staff, uh, the head nurse, suggested that mom would be better served by Dr. Sloan, that he would uh, visit mom on a regular basis and that there would be better coordination of services between the staff and the pharmacy and the doctor. So I did a little research and I read some articles about Dr. Sloan and I spoke with some of his patients and so I agreed to place her in his care. Very good. Dr. John, what are the circumstances that generally bring you into the home and life of the Sunshiner and how do you begin to work with the family caregiver? Oh, it's uh, a lot of different things. Uh, what Nora Lynn just described is, is one of them. It's sort of Word of mouth from another um, person, you might call a team member, you know, a provider, a nurse, or a physiotherapist, or a social worker, or somebody. Um, or often it's uh, it's family doctors whose whose interest is in sports medicine or <clears throat> obstetrics or something else that's that's distinct from the kind of stuff I do. So people people come from all over. The the practice that I used to be in the middle of is now overseen by three very, very good family doctors. I'm, I'm just delighted with what's happening there, but there is a three-month waiting list. So it's, um, you know, there, <laughs> there, there's no issue about getting enough patients. Um, the, the problem really is, is uh, you know, is, is serving them all. Right. Now, I'm Norlin. I want to know how you and Dr. John work together. You're the family caregiver. He's the physician caregiver. And you're both caring uh, for your sunshine and mother. How do you actually work together? Well, I really value communication between caregivers. So I try and stay in touch with Dr. Sloan in several ways. Sometimes we meet at a prearranged time. And other times we meet just in passing as we both happen to be at sunrise at the same time. And we also communicate uh, via email. I've read Dr. Sloan's book, A Bitter Pill, and I've attended a lecture in which he outlined the ideas presented in the book. So uh, I have some idea, pretty good idea of where he's coming from, and I affirm that. Um, I try to ask questions for clarification or express concerns about mom's care or medications without appearing to, in, to intimate that I am in any way an equal in medical expertise. So I try to express my concerns or my relief about what I observe in order that we're operating out of the same frame of reference as much as possible. Because so much of care, as you've both uh, indicated, for individual sunshiners is unique to that person. Keeping the lines of communication open between the caregivers is, is really, really important. And I'm satisfied that between all of us, uh, we are doing the best we can for my mother. Right. Dr. John, in the collaborative care that you practice, and you mentioned some of the professionals who are part of that collaboration, how do you all coordinate your work as a team? Well, sometimes not that well. And, you know, cobbling together <clears throat> the team is part of the challenge of this kind of work except in, in places where it's provided by some sort of an agency. Um, I, I think it's very important to, to understand that you, you've got a group of people that includes the family caregiver and sometimes the client or the patient or whatever you want to call the person. And, and you know, Nora Lynn was, was edging on to this topic of, 
of, you know, this is, this is a conversation about what we're going to do and what we're not going to do all the time involving all sorts of changing circumstances. And, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that with Nora Lynn and her mom, we've had some pretty spirited discussions because we don't always see things from the same point of view. Um, I think there was a time, and, you know, not to, to get into details, but there was a time there when, when Mrs. Smiley was in pain, and um, I, I felt my challenge was to control the pain, and yet the pain control medication was producing problems that, that weren't acceptable, I think sleepiness and, and more confusion, and we sort of, uh, you know, we, we had some negotiation over, over what to do with that. And, and fortunately, it, it, I, I think, uh, it, it turned out okay. But it's a, it's a, uh, it is a real collaborative process, and it's not always one where everybody sees eye to eye. Right. Norlin, back to you. you. Both of you are really saying that every person who's receiving family caregiving help, every sunshiner, is unique. But I would like to ask you, in your experience, Norman, what are the things that are most challenging for family caregivers caring for sunshiners in the kind of situation that you're in, the most challenging things? Well, there are lots of challenges. Um, There are individual challenges, personal challenges in terms of dealing with the sunshiner, and those are probably the the greatest challenges for me. one of the most important ones has, has been the need to develop patience in the face of repeated questions and repeated concerns and issues. On any given visit, my mother may fixate on something she, needs, she thinks she needs to do, such as to buy new tires or prepare a dinner for 40 people or go to the airport, and she gets herself into a really agitated state at these times. It's difficult to know how to calm her down. And I, I really try and watch the staff carefully as they deal with these kinds of situations, and I try and learn from them. They always agree with her or say, yes, we'll do that in a little while, but let's have dinner first or let's do this first. And that seems to work for them. It doesn't always work for me because just as I think I've diverted her attention, um, she returns to whatever the issue of the day is for her. Fortunately, she's usually forgotten that problem by the time I arrive for the next visit, and we're off on a new quest. So it keeps me off balance. That's a real challenge. Another challenge is that my mother always taught me to be truthful, and now I must learn to be less than truthful. Um, It's been and is extremely difficult for me, who is admittedly a linear thinker, to agree that there's a lovely bunch of cats or dogs or children under the next table in the dining room, or that there's a fleet of trucks just outside the window. So the challenge here is to, to treat mom with respect and to keep loving her and, and know that I need to change my attitude and behavior because I certainly can't change hers. Right. Um, in terms of the, of the living arrangement, the challenge there is to keep track of her medications and her behaviors and her symptoms and to try and observe whether or not there's any correlation between any of these things. Is she overly agitated? Is she overly drowsy? Is she incontinent? Are the Parkinson's system, symptoms looking worse? Um, the staff members are pretty good about checking her meds and if I ask them and letting me know if she's having any problems or if she's eating or if she's sleeping. Uh, she's totally confined to a wheelchair now. and She's no longer able to walk even with a walker. So 
she's restrained for her own safety, but she doesn't understand that, and then she's constantly trying to unfasten the safety belt. Um, and part of the concern about that is that there are a whole lot of people who work with her, and so it's hard to, to know who's on that day and, and try and hold all the pieces together without getting in the way or stepping on anybody's toes. And the, the last challenge that I, that I wanted to mention is it's a medical question of who do you believe, who do you trust, because you get input from nurses and staff and lots of different doctors and there are referrals to people and they have an idea. Uh, so you get all kinds of different opinions about what's appropriate and what kind of medication the person should be on, and they don't always agree, as, as Dr. Sloan has just indicated. So it puts the caregiver in a, in a fairly difficult position. And what I try and do is, is um, usually I go with the opinion of the medical person who sees mom the most often and who has had long experience with geriatric patients, and in this case that's, that's her family doctor, who's Dr. Sloan. Right. Um, we're going to go into a break shortly, so this is a quickie, but I will come back to it. What's the first question that family caregivers caring for a sunshiner most commonly ask you when you first begin your home visiting with them, and what's your response? Yeah, the, the most common question is, is what's going to happen? Um, <clears throat> how long is she going to be like this? Um, although people have trouble actually saying it, when is she going to die? Um, and, of course, the answer is, uh, is the, the honest agnostic answer. I don't know. I can't tell you what's going to happen. And that's, to me, that's the, the big generality of the challenges that all of us face is we, we really don't know what's around the corner all the time. So that goes right back to what Norlin was saying, this sense of continuity in the face of a huge uncertainty. Doesn't, I mean, that, that seems to be the dominant factor, and that, therefore, you're, so to speak, really reacting immediately to things as they occur, but without necessarily knowing what's going to happen next. Now, that's the point I want to go off and take the break because we're going to come back to just these sorts of questions which, and your answers, which are very powerful. So it is time for, to pay the rent, to go for the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Dr. John Sloan and Norlin Smiley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. We will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Dr. John Sloan and Noralyn Smiley. Our topic is physician home visits for seniors and the family caregiver. Now, let's talk about the ways in which the family caregiver for a sunshiner and the home physician support each other. First question to Dr. John, with family caregivers and the sunshiners they are caring for, what are the things you discuss about the end of life? Yeah, um, well, it's because the events are unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when they're going to happen. Um, One of the things that's helpful for everybody, I think, is to is to make some decisions in advance, certain kinds of decisions in advance. And this opens up the whole uh, topic of what's called advanced directives. And there, there are a lot of them out there, you know, uh, for, for free on the web and for sale and so forth. And I just, I find that the more specifically we try to predict situations, uh, the less helpful they are. In other words, Advanced directives for me need to be very general because what's the appropriate thing to do in a particular situation depends more on on odd little things like is it just after Christmas or is it just before Christmas? Is the emergency busy this morning or isn't it? Is Dave in town or isn't he? Is the son-in-law drinking or you know whatever it is? And so what, what I need to know, what I need to know is really boils down to two things. Number one, does the person favor comfort or prolonging life if we have to choose between the two, and we don't always have to choose? And the second, who does she trust to make decisions if she's not able to make them herself? And it's, it's rare for me to be unable to proceed medically uh, if I if I have good answers to those two questions, right. Norlin, I'm going to ask you a sort of parallel question for a family caregiver who's caring for a sunshiner who's nearing the end of life. What are the things that you think should be discussed with the sunshiner and the home visiting physician? Well, I think, again, it depends very much on the person, the the sunshiner. Uh, 
in our case, uh, it's really not possible to discuss those issues with my mother because she's not able to participate in the conversation. Um, I certainly support the idea that the staff who care for the sunshiner and the doctor and the the family caregiver need to be in agreement about what's going to happen if the person falls, what do you do? Um, In my case, for my mother, because she's 94 and very frail, uh, unless that looks like there's a broken bone that could be fixed, I would not want her to go to the hospital. Um, So I want them to make a whole lot of, to do a whole lot of of investigation and observation before they would would even think about hospital. And in this case, um, as I say, it's only for a broken bone. If she's ill, if she has a parent heart attack or pneumonia or something like that, I'd opt for comfort rather than hospital because uh, I think that's what she would choose and that certainly would be my choice. That resonates with what I think Dr. John was saying, too, that there needs to be some clarity on these big issues, but without going into a huge amount of detail. Now, Dr. John, I'm going to change the subject slightly because we hear a lot about technology for helping with home caregiving. What do you see as the role of technology, and when and for what would you recommend it? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I think what we think of as health technology, which really boils down to the the machinery of rescue, which is the, the ambulance, the emergency room, and the hospital, is, as Nora Lynn was suggesting, much of the time best avoided. So not generally a, a helpful thing. And then the technology of medication, which is all about prevention usually, um, Again, <clears throat> often something to be minimized, but there's a there's a world of wonderful stuff for assisting with activities of daily living. So, you know, a, a, a person who who in years gone by would have been strictly stuck in bed can now be can now be lifted mechanically and and uh, moved in a wheelchair. Um, aids for mobility exist. There's a whole world of, of incontinence products and so on. And, and all of that stuff, we, we tend to get at it through rehab people, in particular occupational therapists, um, but there's a lot of creativity that has gone into that, and, and that kind of thing is a great help. The traditional technology of, of uh, rescue and prevention for me is, is much less useful. Right. Now, another switch, Norlin, your family experience, as I understand it, includes um, caring provided through a church, and that's what some people call pastoral care. That's what I want to ask you about. What type of pastoral care do you think is most helpful to family caregivers caring for a sunshiner in the type of situation that you're familiar with? Well, I'm, first of all, not much of a traditionalist in this uh, in regard to church and religion, so uh, while I participate in a in a faith community, um, I don't have any hard and fast answers about that. Um, I think the most important role that a pastoral caregiver can play is simply to visit the person, to listen, to demonstrate that they and through them other members of the faith group care about that individual, 
And that would apply whether the pastoral care is being offered to the sunshiner or to the caregiver. Uh, the sunshiner wants to know that he or she is remembered as a valued member of the community. And depending on the faith preference, it, it might be appropriate and comforting for the pastoral caregiver to assure the sunshiner that she or he is cared for by the God that the pastoral caregiver represents. Um, it's helpful to the caregiver to know that the faith community supports him or her. And this can be demonstrated by expressed concern and frequent inquiries about the health of the sunshiner as well as the caregiver. And hugs and sympathy are always good. Right. So it's a human relationship you're, you're talking about, isn't it? Well, from my point of view, yes. Yeah. Now, let me just ask you, make a point to you just quickly, and that is I've heard on this show some, that sometimes the kind of advice that's given to family caregivers in the sorts of situations you've got in mind, I think, uh, isn't always very helpful because it's, it sometimes, not always, um, creates sort of conflicts and exacerbates senses of guilt and that kind of thing. Um, is that something that you've any thoughts about, the sense that what's being said might not be very helpful? And I'm not really trying to undermine the idea of pastoral care. I'm just expressing what's been said on a previous show. What do you think? Well, I think it's certainly possible that that, that it might not be helpful. Um, and if pastoral care was going to be offered either by clergy or laity, um, I would like to be there <laughs> to know what's said. Um, in the case of my mom, I think anybody visiting would just be a good thing. Uh, I'm not sure that she would take in a heavy dose of theology or advice or whatever. But I can certainly say that that in many cases where people are less demented than she is, um, it, such advice might be something that I would find objectionable. Okay, fair enough. Now, another shift. Dr. John, what are the things about your work as a home visiting physician caring for sunshiners that actually make the sun sun shine for you? Yeah. Well, I yeah. It you know, it, it this this does call for a parenthood kind of answer, doesn't it? And I I I don't know uh really it's it's a job and I I like uh, trying my best to be good at it. Um, I I find elderly people fascinating because, as I said before, they're also very, very different from one another. And and I find them interesting because, you know, I think if we're lucky, we who are still imagine ourselves to be in middle age, um, that's where we're going to end up. And so it's it's interesting in that way. But my goodness, they're just people, and they're yeah. you know people can be everything from from you know uh, wonderfully inspiring to incredibly frustrating and annoying. <laughs> and uh, yes, yes. So so it's Good. it's it's just it's just a very very varied and interesting job. Yeah, and um, I think that's. The- I want to go to Norlin straight away about that, but I think I pick up on the word interesting because it suggests that you get job satisfaction, and I think that's very important. For now, sure. what are the things, Norlin, about your work as a family caregiver for for a sunshiner that make the makes the sunshine or make the sunshine for you? Well, I thought a lot about this, and the the answers came fairly easily. 
the sun shines for me when I enter the room and mom reaches for my hand or says how glad she is to see me. Wow. And the sun shines for me when the staff is friendly and caring to me and to mom, when they're attentive to her wants and her needs and when they spoil her a little bit with conversation, a walk outside or favorite foods. Uh, the sun shines for me when I see that whoever dressed mom in the morning cared about what she looks like, that her dry skin has been oiled, that her nails are clean, that she's dressed in clothing that matches, her hair is clean and combed. The sun shines for me when my family visits mom without ask- me asking them to. And the sun shines for me when I complete a visit without losing my temper and without becoming impatient, when mom is calm, and when we have connected, no matter how briefly. Yeah. The sun shines when things go as you would wish them to, which is as well as possible. Is that right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we're going to go into another of the breaks, um, and it is that time. This is Dr. Gordon Avelay, my guest, Dr. John Sloan, and Norlin Smiley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be back because we're going to talk about how to extend um, this kind of caring um, to more and more people. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Dr. John Sloan and Norilyn Smiley. Our topic is physician home visits for seniors and the family caregiver. Now, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but also for the healthcare systems 
and society as a whole in North America and beyond. I mean, for one thing, family caregiving subsidizes healthcare systems to the tune of billions upon billions of dollars. So let's talk about ways in which family physicians in North America can, through home visiting, provide more help for family caregivers caring for sunshiners. And Dr. John, you first. Um, we hear, and you've expressed, criticisms of the way hospitals deal with sunshiners. In what ways does a home visiting physician serve sunshiners and their family caregivers better than hospitals? Well, it, it's interesting, and, and just seeing people at home doesn't do the trick. Um, and I've thought a bit about this over the years, and I think there are some irreducible characteristics of that kind of primary home care uh, without which, you know, absent any one of them, and, and it doesn't work. Uh, number one, you see them at home. Number two, the, the, there is a team and it can be as simple as a family caregiver and a doctor and a nurse, but it can include a whole gang of other people. Number three, they talk to one another regularly, and they're on the same page. Ideally, they share a health record in some electronic way. Number four, maybe most important, maybe most important, it's got to be 24-7. It's got to be available all the time. Because you can't expect a family caregiver not to push the 911 panic button and, and you know, for, forgive the term, dump an elderly person into the emergency room where a thousand disasters occur uh, unless that person has an alternative. And the, the trouble happens at 11 o'clock at night. It happens on a Saturday afternoon. It happens at, uh, it happens at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. And that's the time you've got to be available to avert the problem of going to the hospital. So it's, that, to me, is what we need to do. Um, what I don't know, and I'm in the middle of trying to figure out and work out in a practical way, is how do we get there from where we are now? Yeah. I'm going to ask you another question about that in a moment. But, Norlin, to go to you, um, you know, more and more of us say that given the choice, we would like to spend our last days at home. Now, what do you think? What advice do you have for family caregivers and their sunshiners who are struggling to make a decision about spending the last days at home? What do you think? Well, I think it's a worthy goal to spend to to think about spending one's last days at home. Um, I really appreciate that. That's that's the ideal. In most cases, uh, my father did. Uh, my mother was determined that this would be the case, that she would stay with him at home for as long as he lived. And I know that she never regretted that decision. But those of us who were observing her knew that she was nearing 80 at the time. And uh, that decision took a big toll on her own health. So the caregiver would need to take his or her health status into consideration when deciding whether or not to support a sunshiner at home. Uh, for, for my mother, I hope that she will spend her last days at sunrise and that we can avoid any time in the hospital for the rest of her days. Um, I applaud the decision to die at home for the sunshiner, but I know that this is likely to cause 
great angst if the patient lingers a long time because the caregiver is going to be stressed and tired and worried about whether he or she is providing everything that the sunshiner needs in order to be medically secure and as comfortable as possible. There may be also some difficulty involved in finding an appropriate relief person or additional paid uh, caregiver, which would increase the stress level of the family caregiver. So while I think that a decision to provide care for a dying person at home could imply a number of consequences for the caregiver as well as for the sunshiner, um, these would have to be carefully considered on a case-by-case basis in consultation with the physician and the rest of the team. Yeah. I'm going to ask Dr. John now about what you would like governments, healthcare systems, and the medical profession to do to provide more home visiting services for sunshiners and their family caregivers. In other words, you, you said the problem that occupies your mind is how to get there from here. Yes, yeah. Well, okay, what would you like government, healthcare systems, and the um, The, the simplest answer for me is those four characteristics I enumerated um, uh, promote, pay for, encourage, um, support programs uh, and administrative um, things that one can do that are within one's power that will result in that kind of care. Um, <coughs> and boy, that you know, it's a it's a, a broken field out there. Um, I'm sort of semi reinventing myself as a cheerleader and an advocate for this kind of care, um, an activist, if you like. Uh, to borrow a term from you, Gordon, uh, and and it's much much different from clinical work. It's it's much more complicated. So specifically, what people do? Well, you you make a noise. You write to your government representatives. You insist from existing care providers that they move in those directions: care at home, multidisciplinary, collaborative, twenty four seven. And I guess, you know, as you, I think you suggested before we got on the air here, there, people are beginning to listen. There are beginning to be uh, articles in major journals and, and in the popular press that are saying, well, yeah, this is what we need to do. And I guess the more we talk about it, uh, the closer we come to it. And sometimes maybe even the, the politicians will start to listen. That well, would be nice. hope. <laughs> now, Norlin. I am going to ask you this question. What would you like to see done by anybody, you know, um, healthcare systems, government, the places of residence like your mom's in? What would you like to see them do to encourage family caregivers to seek out family physicians who provide home visits? And this is a kind of double-barrel question. What's the advice about home visiting family physicians that you would like to give to family caregivers caring for sunshiners of the kind that you're caring for? <laughs> um, well, I think it's, it's really important to encourage people to seek out home visiting physicians. I think that's a, a great change in the health system, perhaps going back to the way it used to be, which isn't all bad. Um, however, in my experience, a home visiting physician is a really rare breed. 
Uh, now, I haven't checked the Internet to see if a listing might be available for such persons, but I've personally heard of very few doctors who will visit in homes. So I think the real encouragement needs to be directed at the powers that be to uh, enable physicians who are willing to move in this direction to do so. To uh, Perhaps there need to be some kind of incentives for, for home visits, um, I'm not sure how that would work, but I, I agree with Dr. Sloan that it's going to have there have to be some changes, and it will probably have to come through people making a lot of noise about it, and probably through the political system. Um, I I am encouraged that uh, where my mother is that that the staff there approached me about having this service, which has certainly been of, of benefit to to my mother and to me. And I think if other staffs are doing that, that's great. Um, As for advice to family caregivers in the process of seeking a physician who would agree to see a sunshiner at home, um, it's pretty much the same as as selecting any physician. You ask around, you find out who might be available, you check out those people, you get some references from other patients, and you certainly meet the candidates and ask a lot of questions until you're sure that your agendas match pretty closely. And then you stay in close touch with the doctor you choose so that surprises can be avoided and possible differences of opinion can be aired quickly. Again, you know, we come back to team consultation, really important points. Family caregiving give up being part of the collaborative team. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. John, you, um, you heard Marilyn say she might be going to look at and see if there are any listings of family physicians who do home visits. No, I'm sorry. I said I hadn't done that. Oh, I yeah. don't intend to do that because okay, I already have enough. a home visiting physician. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to try and talk you into it, you see. No. <laughs> Dr. John, are there any such lists? Oh, no. Um, I, I don't think so. And, and you know what? One has to distinguish between doctors that do this full-time or major part-time and uh, doctors with full-service family practices that will see older people at home. And I think there are lots and lots of those latter, uh, unsung, unrecognized, among doctors who do next to nothing but home care of the elderly, I know of six in Canada. There's, There's one in Victoria, there's three in Vancouver, well, four, I guess, in a way in Vancouver, and there's one in, uh, in Toronto. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, my book, A Bitter Pill, was criticized in a review in the Canadian Medical Association Journal as uh, good advice if you can take it, quote-unquote. Uh, and, and what the reviewer meant was uh, there just aren't that many <clears throat> doctors around willing to, to do the kind of thing that I'm advocating. Well, fine. Uh, you know, we know that's true. Uh, we have a ways to go. Um, but uh, again, to say what both Norlin and I have said, uh, the the more we insist on it, the more we request it, the more we uh, we uh, activate the political process right. to try and encourage it, uh, the sooner we'll get there. And that's how it works. Now we've come to the end, unfortunately. So I want to say thank you first of all to our listeners. Please do email us with your comments and questions, and if you want to know the names of those family doctors. Uh, Dr. John was talking about, please email us about that too. I want to say thank you very much to Dr. John and Norlin for talking with us so openly 
about things that you care about, both of you, the way you both approach it, and the way in which you both work together. That what you two do is show that the family caregiver is indeed a member of the team, the collaborative team, and things may not always work out as well as everybody hopes, but they seem to work out better when that kind of system is in operation. So all I can say to you is please keep at it, and I hope we can do another talk show on this particular topic. Now, in our next episode, we're going to talk about oral health as looking after people's mouth and teeth and family caregiving. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.